Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Slow Pit Stop. We wanted to do a series of episodes this year, breaking down each episode of Drive to Survive. But honestly, I don't think I'm going to be capable of doing that this year. You know that emoji, not the emoji, the gif of Troy from Community, just crying, going, my emotions, my emotions. Yeah. That's me. Um, So instead, I thought I would dig out some historic stories about each team maybe big important historic events or maybe some lesser known stories but yeah maybe one for each of the big teams so who better to start with than the constructors world champions mercedes and today's story is going to be titled the legend of the silver arrows joining me today is my co-host muhammad and a man who needs no introduction the most miserable person you will ever find in the world it's ash how are you gentlemen well, I don't know what to say after that type of introduction. I, I'm kind of proud, in a sense, but also saddened that you've introduced me that way. But you know, Asher, you kind of brought this on yourself. In our like post-Abu Dhabi Grand Prix like sad session, your response was, in a thousand years, none of this will matter, nobody will care, it'll be like none of us were ever alive. That was your response. Yep. Okay, but is that really what we needed to hear in the depths of our grief? You know how people say all good things come to an end? Yeah. Well, all bad things come to an end as well. Nothing is ever forever. I guess that's true. So, like, Very true. You, and it's what makes, I'll be, I'll try to be a bit positive, but it's what makes life <laughs> You don't nice. have to try to be anything. Just be you. But, we love you for who you are. And this has been said before many times, but you don't really enjoy the good things if you can't really compare it to bad things. Yes, like if you don't true. have it, you know, the, 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 it's always a comparison. If everything was the same, if everything was perfect or whatever the idea of perfect is, you'd be bored. And I mm. think boredom is actually or potentially worse than like a lot of sadness. I don't know though. I mean, I, I think boredom is one of the worst things though. But yeah. I think that's probably true. Right. So, Mercedes have been known as the Silver Arrows for some time. We remember the famous Silver Lewis won his first world championship in in 2008 in his McLaren Mercedes. And also the silver car that powered Mika Hakkinen into his two championships in 98 and 99. The last two years, Mercedes have raced in black in recognition of Black Lives Matter, but are still known as the Silver Arrows. And the rumor is silver will be returning to the cars next year. But why silver? So do you guys know the story of why Mercedes are called Silver Arrows? I think I so know a semi-famous it. story. Yeah, I, what, what, what do you know? This is what I hear about it. It's something to do with, like, paint was heavy back then. So, and like, you, ha- you wanted to reduce your weight as much as possible. So I think they scraped off the paint from their cars. And then all that remained was, like, the silver underneath. And it, and it gave them, like, an advantage in their speed. And ever since then, they were called the Silver Arrows. Yeah. So... Okay, podcast over. Cars, podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> End of story. Thanks, guys. No, so teams used to race with national colors. So you'll hear of British racing green, French cars racing blue, Italian cars in red, you know, Alfa Romeo, Ferrari. So they used to be national car colors, and Germany's color was white. So in 1934, the there was an Eiffel uh, Grand Prix, and at the weighing station in the Nürburgring, 
the Mercedes car, I think it was the W125, weighed 751 kilograms. So it was one kilogram too much. So nowadays we have a minimum weight, but then they had a maximum weight too. And so the car had to weigh less than 750 and they weighed 751. So the team manager, Alfred Naubayer, and the driver, who had a great name, Manfred von Brauchtisch, 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 B-R-A-U-C-H-I-T-S-A-C-H. Anyway, so they, mm. like you said, they scraped all the paint off, left it silver, and that was enough to get them from 751 to 750. So wait, they had a kilogram worth of paint on the car? Yeah, because it's lead-based paint. Whoa. Wow. Mad. Yeah, so apparently the driver, Manfred von Brauschitz, Brauschitz. We're just going to call him MVP from now on. MVB, yeah. yeah. So the next day, MVB apparently told the press, to drive a silver arrow is an honor. But actually, that's a story that we all know. And if you go to Mercedes' official website, that's the story that they have posted on there too. But actually, there's a little bit of controversy in the story. So it comes from their memoirs, both of them. So Alfred Neubauer and Manfred von Brauschitz in 1958, talking about the silver arrows, the whole thing being accidental and removing the lead paint, blah, blah, blah. But then later on, there's been found to be loads of embellishments and irregularities in their memoirs. (laughs) uh, And they're really hamming up some stories. And people found other things like two years before. So they talked about it in 1934, this famous race. But actually in 1932, Brauschitz raced in a Mercedes. It was called the SSKL that they stripped all the paint and it was silver. And somebody on the radio called that silver arrow. And actually the term silver arrow didn't really appear for other people until the 50s. Hmm. So it probably wasn't the 1934 race. So the Mercedes website is lying to us. (laughs) Fake news. I know. Fake news from the 30s. But yeah, so one, one guy on the radio called the Mercedes a silver arrow. And that, that car in 32, it's not even that they scraped the paint off. They just didn't have time to paint it. So they raced it in silver. But if you Google silver arrows, there's another car company that referred to their cars from that era in the 30s as a silver arrows. Do you know which, which one? Haas. Red Bull. Haas is a tool company. Red Bull is a drinks company, not a Formula One manufacturer. Oh, just a company in general? An actual car company, like Mercedes. Lotus. Silver Arrows. Citroën. Mercedes. What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, we got Mercedes. Is it, what is it? Citro- <laughs> Citroën. Okay, that I did not know that's how it was pronounced. I just say Citroën. Yeah, Citroen. How do you say the French car company that starts with a P, Mohammed? Is there a French car company that starts with a P? Renault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he said it, therefore it is. <laughs> what, uh, what is it spelled? Oh, it's a horrible. Is it Peugeot, but it's like Peugeot? P-E-U-G-E-U-T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you say that car company with your American accent? But no, so the car company that I'm referring to was known as the Auto Union. Oh, that was my next, that's Audi. That's my next, uh... is that Audi? Yeah, that's my next, Mm -hmm. uh... is that what Audi stands for? So Audi was actually an umbrella firm for four constituent car brands that were merged together at some point. So Audi was one of them. 
Horsch, DKW, and Wanderer. And so the auto union's logo became four rings united for those four car companies. Crazy. And with time, they just became known as Audi. But that's where the Audi logo comes from. Wow. That makes sense. Look at that. So in the 1930s, the auto union, now Audi, also raced with silver cars. Wait, hold cars. on real quick. I Sorry to interrupt you, but I thought, okay, so Audi in America, uh, they advertised themselves as like the new luxury and Mercedes is like the old man's luxury. But they've been around since the 30s as well. They're both the same level of old. Older, yeah, yeah, probably older. What the hell, the 30s, Audi? Yeah. They've, been mis- they've been lying to me this whole time. They're always like... But like Mercedes is for the grandpa, Audi is for like the new but, young people. Liars. But isn't Mercedes like super ancient, like hundreds of years? Hundreds, yeah, like Carl Benz and all that. <laughs> but like, I feel like uh, they're not necessarily talking about the age of the company. They're talking more about the way the cars are designed. I think at that time, I remember when Audi started becoming a thing in the UK, or I started becoming aware of Audis that they were really trying to be aimed at more younger folk the people that like to be obnoxious on the road and drive fast so we'll put you know powerful engines and saloon cars and small cars and give it to them and and the rest is history and they overtook the the famous bmw man to be the most uh pin in arse type people on the road (laughs) and uh, i don't think actually like i don't drive a fast car but i did drive a car that might appear fast at one point and the amount of times when you're in the fast lane that an Audi driver comes up as an Audi driver, not BMW, not Mercedes, always an Audi driver, and I'm like, fucking say, and then you have to go move into the left lane again as soon as I can, and then they just zoom past, and I swear. I think it's just because they put mega powerful engines in them or something, but I, yes. Okay, so tell us about Audi, Arfat. <laughs> so speaking of obnoxious drivers on public roads, what I want to tell you about today is... The land speed record set in 1938 for the fastest speed recorded on a public road. And it was fought between the two companies that called themselves the Silver Arrows. Even now, if you go to Audi's website, they they have a page on there about the Silver Arrow era. So the Silver Arrows were Mercedes-Benz and the Auto Union, which is now Audi. And they dominated not only Grand Prix racing, but they set the record at the time, the fastest speed ever attained on a public road at 432.7 kilometers an hour which is 268.9 miles per hour or for muhammad 14 eagles per football pitch 14 wow yeah wow it's really fast so 10 points to gryffindor if you can guess when the record was broken and what car was used so that record was set in 1938 and it was a car driven on a public road. So I know cars go faster than that on a track, but this is a speed set on a public road. So I'm actually a Slytherin, so I don't really care about Gryffindor. I'm Slytherin too. That's what I got in Pottermore. Oh. Asher is definitely oh. a Slytherin. So we're all Slytherins. 100%. So why did you say 10 yeah. points for Gryffindor if we're all Slytherin? <laughs> well, 10, 10, 10 points to Slytherin there then. There you go. Um, I, so wait, what was the question? What year? 1938. Yeah, so what year was that record beaten? Oh, um, and what car did they use? Okay, I think it was beaten in 2020. I think the car that beat okay. it was the Mercedes W11. No, that's... Okay. <laughs> that's a Formula <laughs> 1 car. Asher, this is a car that you actually admire a little bit. A BMW, clearly. Oh, no, he admires the Audis. 
Well, I admire a car. That's you tolerate this car. I tolerate this car or this company. Lotus. Koigoi. No. Yes, Koigoi. Uh, Jaguar. So the record was beaten on the fourth of November in 2017. Oh wow! So it stood from 1938 to 2017, and the car they used to break that record was a Koenigsegg Agera. I don't even know what that is, but that's so cool. Oh, the car! Those cars are ridiculous, though. Did that not think? Oh, thing not co- do the three hundred. The sport, the, the like sports car, coining. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like this company is it in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember they did um, some videos on YouTube where you see behind the scenes of how they design the cars, and it's like super custom, super high tech. Like they even they created a new type of engine or some sort of new type of like valve technology for the Koenigsegg, and they were like using that they were farming it out to other companies or something like that or licensing it out or something like that and it was does it do 300 miles per hour or something like that they got it to Hmm. so the um, speed they got it on that day when they broke the record on the public road was 277.9 miles per hour or 444.6 kilometers per hour and that's 16 eagles per football pitch yeah that's incredible that's so fast so the, the they closed a public highway to do this between las vegas and a place that I'm not sure if it's real because it's a weird word, Parump. That's like was that a real yeah, place? Yes, from that song, Parump, bum bum pa. That's that's where it's from. I thought it was an expression by someone in the 1800s. Parump. Should we Google Parump? P A H R U M P. There's some people listening listening to us from like Parump, and they're very upset. So I apologize to you guys. Parump is an unincorporated town located in southernmost tip of Nye County, Nevada. Oh, it's from America. 62 miles. Yeah, they drove this car from Las Vegas to Parump. They clearly didn't drive it through the ocean to another country, (laughs) did they? I mean, they may have. It's a Koenigsegg. Who knows what it can do? Notable businesses in the area include the Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and two legal brothels, including Sherry's Ranch and the Chicken Ranch. Is there a brothel called the Chicken Ranch? Why? If of all the brothels, uh, maybe they serve. (laughs) Do you get chicken chicken? fried chicken with your brothel? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, people want fried chicken. Why not? When go to a brothel, right? I just want to share this for a second. Ooh, okay. What is this? This is the car that we're going to talk about. This is the. It's a giant slab with four wheels, right? Aerodynamic, and it just like. We should put this on our Instagram so people can see what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we will do. Tiny cockpit in the middle. Love it. It's wild, isn't and it? And that car went so 14 want... bald eagles a second or whatever. That's crazy. Per football pitch. Per football pitch, yeah. Yeah. So that record was fought in 1938 between the Auto Union and Mercedes. The next bit I've taken from Top Gear magazine, an article written by Ollie Q. So... Hitler was obsessed with establishing a resurgent Germany as a scientific, engineering, and sporting might. And while American athlete Jesse Owens and British steam locomotive humiliated different strands of that plan, the Nazis seized upon the newly constructed autobahns as another PR coup. If Germany couldn't build the fastest car on earth, it would instead showcase its peerless motorway network by creating the undisputed fastest road car. You know, it's crazy how much of German history is tied to the Nazis. Like, they were only around for, like, eight years or something. But, like, so Not much really. stuff. A few decades. A few decades. How old so, was World so, War II? Anyway. 
But the the scary thing about the Nazis is so much actual technology came from them, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, was it not Hitler, or was it not during the Nazi time where VW was established, the the people's yeah, car, and people's car, yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing was uh, the V2 Hugo Boss designed their outfits. Wow. Yes. Uh, Siemens. Yeah, Siemens. That's the other one. Were involved. Yeah. Uh, well, they they had built the uh, there was like the gas chamber, something to do with the gas chambers or their tech, which is I don't know how these companies survive that PR for disaster. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that, like Hugo Boss designed their outfits. I mean, yeah. which is why it is so memorable. Yeah. And the thing that gets me is is after World War Two ended. There was like a massive kind of like free for all where America and Russia were just like stealing scientists here, there, and everywhere, taking them. And so the V two rocket, which was used during World War Two to bombard like the London, and the UK, and stuff like that, formed the basis of the space race. So those were the rockets. That technology was used to design the first space rockets. Wow. And I think all other space rockets are kind of like based, uh, you know, on that early technology. So it's. It's fascinating mm. how, and and this is a Germany that was in high, suffering hyperinflation, you know, after World War One, mm. it was totally trashed hyperinflation, and it became this like fighting force that almost threatened the known free world. It's it's, and on in one respect, it's it's amazing and also crazy and scary, like mm. how they were able to do that, and it's, it has left a mark. I mean, the whole. World War Two has left a mm-hmm. a massive kind of mark on on the world. So, but yeah. what's worth remembering is there were a lot of people in Germany who opposed the Nazis and weren't down with what was happening. And one of those people was a guy called Bernd Rosemeyer. So he was a German racing driver, and all German racing drivers were given honorary membership of the SS. But Rosemeyer didn't wear his uniform and allegedly mocked high-ranking Nazis when he was on the podium for his Grand Prix victories. So he went head-to-head against Mercedes driver who was called Rudolf Caracciola in 1937 and beat him to the world the speed record at that time. So Otto Union was using a tuned Formula 1 car wearing a streamlined dress and Burned was one of the few people that had mastered the terrifying heavyweight evil handling of the car. So he'd grown up racing motorcycles and apparently he said he didn't realize that this car handled badly because he just thought that's how all cars handle because he was so used to just being on motorbikes instead. Mm. So he won five Grand Prix between 1935 and 1937 and the Vanderbilt Cup in the USA in 1937. And he left a bunch of his prize money in a New York bank account because he thought if war breaks out, he was going to escape to America. So meanwhile, his record runs were becoming more and more dangerous. In 1937, in June, Crosswinds pushed his car onto the grass at speed. And in October, he became the first man ever past 400 kilometers an hour or 248 miles per hour on a public road. Wow. So while while he was setting that, the next day he had some engine failure and it caused his car to fill with fumes at the cockpit at over 250 miles an hour. So he managed to control the car and stop it but he had to be lifted out of the cockpit unconscious because all the fumes had knocked him out. Oh, boy. And the very next day, he got back into the car and started setting more records and set the flying start record for five kilometers and 10 kilometers. Wow. So literally just a day after he'd been knocked out because of some sort of fume poisoning. 
<laughs> that's I mean I would say that's a there's a bit of madness there, but did they not use like plane like engines from planes or something like that back at that at that time to like make these cars super super fast? Uh, it's just kind of mental. Let's just take a, a massive engine yeah. from a plane, slap it into a car, and go mental. Got all this explosive chemicals and petrols and oils, and hope for the best. So Mercedes were pretty bruised, having been beaten by the auto union in 1937. So they reworked the aerodynamics of Caracciola's car over the winter. They got rid of the radiators because they felt these were creating drag and instead installed an ice tank to cool the W125 V12. So they just fill these things up with ice, race them as fast as they can, the ice melts, and then, but they, they, they put enough ice in just to last you the 30 seconds or whatever you're trying to do to break this record. Wait, what's the purpose of the ice? So to cool the car oh, instead literally? of having a radiator oh, to cool the engine. That's so funny. Oh yeah, my yeah, God. yeah. So they, they installed ice tanks instead. It's mental. So 1938, Mercedes were ready to race again, and Auto Union had a problem on its hands. So due to the cost of hiring the Autobahn for complete closure, it was just too expensive. And what they did in 1937, they only shut part of the road. So when Rosemeyer set those speed records in his Audi, he did some of it through active traffic. Wow. So weaving in and out of them, like a true Audi oh driver that God. he was. <laughs> That's amazing. So anyone that drives like that nowadays, all they're doing is paying homage to Rosemeyer and what he did in the 30s. There you but, go. Arafat said that, so yeah, exactly. you have an excuse if you get stopped. <laughs> but yeah, so the Auto Union and Mercedes, they had an agreement to split the cost and they emptied the motorway for themselves. So 28th of January, 1938, they closed part of the road from Frankfurt to Darmstadt and they were ready for their showdown. It was so cold that the mechanics realized they didn't even need to put ice in the car to cool it. They just put water at ambient temperature. Wow. Uh, So 8 a.m., Rosemeyer had his first run, and uh, Cracciola was... He tore through a kilometer at 8.4 seconds. Wow. So have you seen how, you know, Guinness World Records, even now when it does speed records, you have to do two runs? Mm, So you have to go one way, and then you have to come back the other way, and they average it. Yeah. So Caracciola's average was 268.8. So 268.8 and Rosemeyer did 266.5. Wow. So too slower. But Rosemeyer thought he could go faster. He said, this is a quote from him, passing under bridges, the driver receives a terrific blow to the chest because the car is pushing air trapped under the bridge aside. When you go under the bridge for a split second, the engine noise disappears and then returns like a thunderclap. Oh my God. What he couldn't see was because he was in that cramped cockpit, the panels along the side of the car were buckling and warping under the ground effect that the car was generating. So, you know, 40 years later, Lotus, quote unquote, invented ground effect, but Hmm. Auto Union had inadvertently created the first, the world's first downforce critical car, but it was uncontrolled. They didn't understand it. And it was just a. you know, a raw version of the grand effect we're going to see in the 2022 Formula One cars. Yeah. So Mercedes again went out and set a time of 269 miles per hour. So Rosemeyer went out and he said, you know, that 
he felt the engine just wasn't getting up to temperature. They spent so much time trying to cool these things down. He said it's just not getting up to temperature. So he had some of the radiator sealed off and he went out. So he's 269 is what he needs to be. He got 276.1. Wow. By just sealing the radiator? Going, yeah. yeah. So whatever he did, but he he was, what, that's, that's seven miles yeah. an hour faster yeah. than what uh, so the Mercedes did? Wow. So then I was listening to a radio report and we'll put it because it's on YouTube. We'll link it to this because, you know, he's got to go that way and come back again. So the radio report stated that he set off again to beat the record. He just needed to come anywhere near closest first run. But he never returned again. The official explanation of what happened next was a gust of wind in a clearing unsettling the car. It's also possible that the bodywork simply disintegrated under massive aerodynamic stress. Snaking tire tracks at over 250 miles an hour show Rosemeyer fought to save his swerving car left than right before it hit a grass bank and somersaulted twice, slicing through several trees. Oh, man. Burned was found at 23 meters from the road. There wasn't a mark on him. His arms lay resolutely by his sides. And when team physician Dr. Glasser reached him, he found a faint pulse, which quickly ceased. He was 28 years oh, old. Oh, my God. The Otto Union never attempted a speed record again. Huh. It's wild, isn't it? Mm. And I went to Mercedes' official website, so Daimler, and they, they I don't know, they cold. They went, a shadow was cast on the success by the fatal accident of our competitor, Otto Union driver Bernd Rosenmeier, on the same day. Nonetheless, the fascination for high speed has lost none of its appeal to this day. <laughs> brush it aside so quick wow that's dedication for you though they know they know what the the risks are these people that yeah that were doing stuff like that you are taking it's like the people that kind of like jump out of like planes at super high altitude and yeah you know the people do crazy stuff they know that there's always a chance but i think the mindset is just different because you think about formula one drivers nowadays like you, you heard this on the Checkered Flag podcast when Julian Palmer was talking about this. And he said he never, ever got into a Formula One car truly believing he was ever going to get hurt. He was like, yeah, there'll be crashes, bruises, whatever. But he never, ever mm. felt in mortal danger. Whereas the people in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even the 70s, probably the, the 80s too, but yeah, just huge amounts of motorsport history. They knew. I, I, there's a bit where Jackie Stewart talks about when we started a season, we knew three of us would die. Yeah. And I just, I can't get my head around the mindset of people that are this brave for a passion. Like it's, you hear stories of bravery, you know, people fighting for their family, their country, their, you know, whatever, do, doing acts of bravery for a cause bigger than them. But to do something so brave for a motor race is just a bit mad. I, I like if he had just made it the one time basically he would have lived why do they have to average him coming back as well because they still do that to this day with speed records so if you dro- drive one way 100 miles an hour they don't take that you have to repeat it validate it you have to go the other way and they take an average of but, your two but why runs. though is it to, to prove that you really went that fast the first time i guess so so let's look it up speed runs why do you I mean, I know, like, do, that's not technically do. the reason why he died. He might have died anyway, but it's still, like, I don't know, feels preventable, at least in this case. 
might just be because you might have been a bit lucky wind behind you and stuff mm. like that it's just to average that out yeah you go true. both ways under current fia rules two runs are required in opposite directions within one hour over a timed mile and a new record mark must exceed the previous one mm. by at least one percent to be validated records are set in either the flying kilometer or the flying mile wow motorcycle land speed records require two passes in the same calendar day in opposite directions I don't know. It doesn't explain why you have to go backwards and forwards, though. It's just probably does have to do with something about like the air or something like that to make sure there's no like unfair mm. advantage. But that's still pretty crazy. I should have known the story was going to end with a death. I feel like all the legendary Formula One stories end with people dying. The Fangio one ended with people dying too. Yeah, I have a fun idea for our next one, though. Mm. Okay. Where no one has to die. Um, I thought we could talk about the first ever motor race recorded. Okay. Because it occurred three miles away from where I am now. Wow. I thought it might be fun for me to record in the car while I drive the route myself. Wow. What happened in, in Mankland? Yeah. So it was, oh, it was from what? Ashton to Trafford. What? Why? Why? <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. Well, this is the thing. There must have been other car races going on, but this was like someone wrote this down in a newspaper. So it's the first recorded race. But other people must, like, the second you give someone anything with <laughs> any speed, they'll race against each other, won't they? So there probably were other ones, but this is the first recorded one. But we can get into that next time and race some of the route ourselves. Race some of the route ourselves? How? How would I do that? Are, are we going to, like, get. You'll be on FaceTime. <laughs> 3D. 3D glasses or a 3D headset and we'll sit in the car with you. Yes. <laughs> Virtually. I'll, I'll be on Google Maps. Yes. I'll be clicking the arrow that takes you down the route. I'll be doing that as fast as I can to beat you. Yeah. And here's exactly. some some normal streets in Manchester and here's some more <laughs> lovely streets. Of Joe, we should do something. We should, we should have some sort of task where you guys do something on Squadcast, like speak about something. And I have to do the race route before you guys finish whatever it is that you're doing. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We should pick something totally random. Like you two play a game of chess against each other online. (laughs) I know. So the Silver Arrows refers to Audi and Mercedes. The Mercedes website lies. The FIA (laughs) set up bizarre random (laughs) rules, which resulted in the death of Bernd Rosemeyer. Racing drivers are a whole other. No, no. the The FIA. Because they said you have to do a second run. So you went out to do a second run and didn't survive it. So yeah, racing drivers are a different breed. Okay, what exactly does the FIA do? Because I know it's more than Formula 1. But whenever people say that, all they can point to is like Formula 2 and 3. And like, I don't know, what what else does the FIA do? So it licenses and sanctions Formula 1, World Rally Championship, the Endurance Championship, Touring Cars, Formula E, loads of other... I've seen FIA truck series as well, like lorries racing along. It also certifies land speed records. I think they have something, some sort of Olympic committee. There was Grand Prix racing at like the French Olympics Mm -hmm. once upon a time. And they do other stuff for road safety and things like that. That's the other thing everyone always points to is their road safety initiative. It's like the FIA does more than Formula One. They do road safety as well. It's like, yeah. yeah, FIA action for road safety and things like that. Yeah. All right. 
Not impressed. Good on them. Not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me. We'll find some more interesting stories. I want to talk to you about Red Bull sometimes as well and Dietrich Mateschitz and how he fits into everything. So we'll maybe do that next time. All right, sounds good. Cool. But have a good night and I'll see you soon. Bye, right, guys. Bye. 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 This has been a production for Not That Good Media.